A vague disclaimer is no one's friend. This podcast will look at episodes in relation to Buffy and Angel as a whole, and therefore contains spoilers for the entirety of both series. If you haven't seen all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the series, go and watch them before you listen to this. Remember, you've been warned. The hardest thing in this world is to live in it. That's why there's us, champions. We live as though the world were as it should be, to show it what it can be. The Earth is definitely doomed. It's Tuesday, so it must be time to return to the Hellmouth. We're going through the Buffyverse episode by episode and a look back at Joss Whedon's iconic shows. I'm MC and I'm here with... Yo, it's Andy. It's David. Hey, it's Jan. Uh, today we're talking about I Only Have Eyes for You, which is episode 19 of season two. It was written by Marty Noxon and directed by James Whitmore Jr. And it originally aired April 28th, 1998. Can we talk about the major elephant in the room in this episode? Just right off the top. Sure. The flashbacks take place in 1955. The Flamingos didn't release I Only Thank Have you. Eyes for You until 1959. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> to be fair, actually, the version of the so- the the biggest problem is the version of the song that they use in the show. I only yes. have eyes for you was a romantic jazz standard going back to the thirties. Oh yeah, sure. I've yeah. heard many oh, no, people yeah. do it. This is the version that they play in the the episode as well. Yeah, yeah. So yes. yeah, that 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 is the biggest problem. See, I, when you said the elephant in the room, mine was just like, where is Oz? That too. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Well, and also the statutory rape, which is a huge well, yes, room that we we'll, we'll be getting. Into but that. The, the big one, I'm like, right, because it's the flamingo yeah, oh, yeah. recording they're using, which is very. Yes. And they could have just gotten around that by like making the episode happen in 1959 instead of 1955. But yeah, I mean, it's God not knows. like it was an anniversary or anything. Like, yeah, there's no. no specific reason. It's like they arbitrarily made it 55 to make it a while back. And- yeah. Yeah. And maybe they made the prop before they chose the song or something. Yeah, maybe. it is. I, I love the Flamingos version of "I Only Have Eyes for You." It is. Oh, it's one. It's just such a gorgeous recording with that great doo-wop underneath it. Like it, it really is the perfect song to use. It's just like, hey, yeah, continuity. Diana, Virgin Goddess. <laughs> I only oh. have eyes for you. Comes out in 1959. So essentially, this is this is down to their usual standard. Right, exactly. <laughs> Can we blame this on shooty IB magic at all? The internet wasn't quite as sophisticated as these right. days. You still could have found out what year that that song came out and fairly easily. Yeah. They're mostly working in the entertainment industry. Yeah, yeah no, they could... That, that yeah, they could sure. have found out. Yeah, I would assume yeah. they would have had to have had that information before they actually right. got the song, but whatever. It's probably on the freaking cover of the damn album on the back. Yeah. I mean, it's not exactly. Anyway, so that's yeah. my yeah, my big that's yeah. my knit of all the picks. Okay, which everybody else. Personally, would have I have like a weird. My, my brain kept editing it to the Art Garfunkel version, which is from the seventies. <laughs> even though right. it was, a, which was even harder because I, you know, I love the Flamingos version, but for some reason, my every time they'd say something, my brain would start playing the Art Garfunkel version, so. which is a gorgeous version, by the way. It is. It's, yeah, that's I the first version I think I ever heard back in the day when I was a small. My child. mom calls this the shoe up shabop song mm-hmm. right she doesn't know the name she just calls it the chew up from much like she calls stand by me the shh song because <laughs> of the cuero the they're using on the uh, yeah. she's like it's that song that goes shush <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. this that's is cute. the shoe up shabop yes. and that one's the shush my mom is really yes. cool she's like way better than joyce just fyi <laughs> yeah well yeah i should i should warn you I should warn you before we go ahead, I'm going to have a lot of nitpicks. Okay. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> so uh, we start out this episode at the bronze and, I f- okay, um, and Buffy is being all mopey because, you know, her boyfriend just like mm-hmm. went evil and stuff. And uh, like a steel trap with you tapping your head, common phrase of mine, I'm always doing that, but I think my brain is a better steel trap than Buffy's. Mm, yeah probably um, i think so 
And also, just a weird aside, the guy who was Ben looked a lot like a friend of mine from high school. So that was kind of freaking me out. We're going to see Angie Hart, the singer of Splendid, yes. again in season seven. And she'll actually write an original song. She and Josh write that song together? Yes. Uh, the band yeah. is Splendid, and it is a mm-hmm. duo of Angie Hart and her husband. And they appear a couple of times. They appear in The Freshman as well. Which which one is he? Uh, I don't know. You don't know what instrument? instrument he's on no i i didn't go that far because there are two other yeah people. they they do have a, like more of a backup band but uh, splendid is okay no uh, it's not that important and, yeah. and boy was that dress 90s oh my god it was gorgeously <laughs> 90s with the ex- the two colors with the sheer and then the exposed bra yeah yep I was just like, wow, that's really, yeah, that's 90s. (laughs) 90s fashion. I like it. I don't know if I do or not, but it just was like very indicative of the time period. It just kind of like flashed at me like, okay. Jesse Tobias played the guitar, so he's one of the guitarists there. Okay. Well, also, thing that'll be of interest to almost nobody but me, uh, he is playing a a Fender Starcaster. Ooh, Which is not a common guitar, and at this point had been out of production for about 15 16 years oh so nifty. i'm not sure why he's playing it i mean it's a perfectly probably good guitar, because but it's, it's his. maybe that's his and he likes I, i'm it. assuming it's his but yeah i mean like huh that's not something you come across that often so people become yeah. uh very attached to their guitars so oh, yeah. anyways yeah. as i was gonna say uh angie hart and I think Splend, uh, her husband, uh, also appear in The Freshman in Conversations with Dead People. And she did huh. write the song Blue with Joss Whedon for Conversations mm. with Dead yeah. People. Okay. She also appears on Firefly in the episode Heart of Gold. She plays one of the um, uh, uh, ladies of the night. No, not ladies of the night. They're prostitutes. They're hookers in Heart of Gold. <laughs> They're hookers. Uh, and she's the one who sang. And she also sang back up on Under Your Spell for Once More with Feeling, which her husband Ah. helped write some of the songs for. So, okay. She's obviously a friend of Joss's. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Splendid appeared more, I mean, with the exception of um, Nerf Herder, obviously, because they're the opening song. They're the band that appears the most. Well, that's, Mm. yeah, I, I, I really like her voice. Yes, I mean it's got, it's really got that '90s Lilith Fair mm-hmm. sort of vibe to the song and what they do. But I really, I, I, I need to listen to more of their stuff because I really, I enjoy her voice a lot. And that dress was epically '90s, and I fucking loved it. And Buffy's gold pleather pants. Yes, I couldn't <laughs> figure out what song. material they were made out of, but yeah, I they look like them. pleather. And I was thinking I had a pair of like sort of silver gray ones at that point. I had red pleather pants. So yeah, she's wearing like pleather pants and a fuzzy shirt. I think everybody's wearing a fuzzy shirt in this episode. Now, Buffy has a they will costume her in either pleather or leather pants a lot. Yeah, that same Mm. cut and style, which I could I had pleather pants in the 90s, but mine were more low rise. Hers are always a little higher. Because no. she has a different body type and looks good in, like, everything. Question about the set dressing in the bronze. Sure. Why is there a spinning book rack there? Because why not? Well, and and why does because it have academia? one... And why academia? does... No, it's got one of the Destroyer novels in it. I mean... <laughs> well, I mean, like, the bronze is always, like, they kind... Up until, like, Buffy and the gangs are able to drink, they play it off as more of a coffee bar slash teen hangout and so maybe like the spinning book rack is more part of like the coffee bar type thing it's like here take a book and read it and be you know here have a decade old trashy adventure novel well that's what (laughs) ends up in coffee house free book i guess it is it's like that the coffee house that i like to go to which is no clothes they were really good yeah they had a, a rack of books and it was like Take one, bring it back, leave one, you know, they, they mm. had that all over the place. Can we talk about the guy that asked her out? Yeah, I just said he looked like my high school friend. So. But like, here's my note. Everybody look, a dude who asks someone out and takes no for an answer and doesn't push or anything. Hey, Xander, yeah. you looking at us? Hey, Joss, yeah. you looking at this? He mm. just kind of disappears. And we never see him again, And that's fine, but I was yeah. just like, wait. Someone that doesn't get all obsessive and doesn't take no for an answer, that's uncommon in the Buffyverse. Yeah. Gentlemen, that is how you do it, actually. 
Yeah. Casino, you go, thanks for your time. I did actually find it weirdly amusing that it's supposed to be a Sadie Hawkins dance and he's asking. So a guy is asking her to ask him out yeah. yes. or something. It was just like, okay, fine. That, that, that logic, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was amusing. It's logic. Yeah. yeah, it's clear to me that Willow is fully committed to Oz because only oh, somebody yeah. in a relationship would they be that hardcore about her friend hooking up with somebody. Speaking <laughs> of people not taking no for an answer, it's like Willow is really pushy here yeah. about. But maybe you just need to. And she's like, no, I don't want to. She's like, well, maybe you just need to. And Buffy's like, I Buffy gives a very clear answer to her about why she doesn't want to go on dates. And why she doesn't want to be in a relationship. And Willow, I mean, eventually takes no, but does still push a little bit. And I didn't really like yeah, that. Yeah, I wrote that off as like, as, she, as MC just said. It's like, what there's always like a part in a relationship, especially people who haven't been in relationships much before, where they're like so in love with love that they that everybody needs to be in love. And everybody needs to feel the way I do. And everybody needs to hook up. And I think that's where Willow's head is. Because she's so in love with Oz and, and just the concept of being in love that she thinks that's the answer yeah. to everything. Even I, though I, he doesn't show up. Right, exactly. It's annoying as hell, but it's just like, that's a thing. There's a Joe Jackson song about this. Yes. They make it look so easy. Yeah, they do. (laughs) It's all the time that I'm still dancing with a partner. There was a couple websites or one website that says, I have big fun. I do remember that from the 90s from Buffy's line. I have big fun. Yeah. I don't remember what it was about. I'm sure it was a GeoCity site, but just for some 90s fandom trivia at the time, I I have big fun was a Buffy website. But Buffy decides to uh, go see Giles and then sack it for the night. Oh, d- does she say she's going to see Giles? Yeah, I thought she, I thought that's why she goes to the school. Well, that's what I, yeah, because I I have a note saying it's like why did she go to the school? Maybe I missed that. I I, th- I think she mentioned that she was going to check oh, okay. in with Giles and then go home. Mm-hmm. I just assume okay. every time she goes to the school after school hours, she's there to hang out with Giles. Why is Giles there that late? Because he has no life. <laughs> because, because we need to set up the episode. Well, okay, fine. Yeah, it's always. Comes I don't know because there are more books there, and he doesn't have to carry him back and forth. See, I've never understood why Giles had to keep his like collection at the library. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. It was safer. He could do big spells. I don't know. It's right over the Hellmouth. I don't know. Yeah. We get Buffy going to school, and the first of uncomfortableness. Yeah, it's inc- yeah. like, I mean, I get it, but it's uncomfortable. Well, I mean, I think part of it's supposed to be. Uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I mean, I get that. But also, I mean, part of it also ties to the ending about mostly I'm uncomfortable with the ending. Yeah, there's I like this episode a lot, but there's a lot of stuff in it where I'm like cringing while watching it. And mm. Yeah, the the repeated scene is one of them that is just like... Yeah, I mean, this episode is very Marty Noxon. Yeah. She is the queen of emotional pain. And you know, most I I love Marty, and I know people got down on her so much when she was basically the showrunner for the last two seasons. But I, I, I genuinely like her because she does tap into less of a plotty, this is what happens, this is what happens, and more of like emotions but here it's really i used to love this episode this was in my top five for many many years especially when i thought you know oh i'm 22 and love is doomed and oh i totally get what you're feeling buffy and as i'm older i'm not like oh my god get over your 16 year old selves but uh, yeah it's it's a little more uncomfortable for me i think yeah, yeah. this episode actually is in joss's top 10 that his, doesn't his, surprise me. His unnumbered top ten list. Well, and then this mm. is also the one where he decided that David could carry his own show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I personally, I mean, I, I think it, I like I said, I tried to watch it and I had to watch it three times because I kept, like, just disconnecting from it. And I just was more the get over your 16-year-old self and, oh, teenage angst pain and it never quite grabbed me. So I'm, I'm obviously in the minority here, which is okay. Well, I don't hate it. I just didn't. It's not one that I would want to watch. I totally forgot it existed. Yeah. So. There's some great acting mm-hmm. in it, though. Not go- yeah, there some there is really some, great. Yeah. And I really, really love the vamp scenes. I think Drusilla and Spike and, and Angel are great together. Yeah, mm. yeah I, th- I think both David and Sarah did a 
just knocked this episode out of the park. So I think a lot of it is in terms of their acting that I really like. But I mean, there's a lot of flaws in this and a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. where it's like, for some reason in 1998, it was like really big to have young men sleep with their teachers on the WB. Oh my God. It's Mm. right. Cause Pacey. Yeah. Pacey on Dawson's Creek was sleeping with Tamara Tamara. Yeah, uh, yeah was... I know that. I know what was happening on Dawson's Creek in 1998, okay? No, I'm saying, like, Ooh. this was probably going on, like, almost the exact, exact same, same time, time. Because remember, Dawson's Creek, like, just was It premiered after... After... Innocence. Uh, Innocence, yeah. I'm just looking up something because I'm wondering about, like, now we cultural things at the time. We do get... But and, 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 and at the same place, obviously, no one deserves to die. And I'm totally not going to victim blame the teacher that gets shot. But a lot of it is played for this, like, grand romance and how much she loved him and how much she. And I'm like, dude, you were sleeping with your student. Yeah. Um, Maybe we should. Like, do we we'll want to talk we'll, about that a bit We'll later. talk about that as we. Yeah. We also have some, yeah. like, very, like, different, like, um, not famous, but, like, really well-known actors in this That'll show up yeah. in other places. I just as an aside, let me, what, the thing I was just looking up, that was around the same time as the Mary, Lur- Mary Kayla Turner. Turner thing. Yeah, I was just looking, she was actually convicted in 1999, so I'm wondering if that was why oh. this whole, like, teacher, whether that, like, prompted some of these, like, storylines of young men sleeping yeah. with their teachers. Yeah, no, because, so. I mean, like, if she was convicted in 1999, then she yeah. was probably caught in 1998. And the Mary yeah. Kayla Turner thing was, I mean, it's 20 years later, and I can still name her, and I actually know what her name is now. She's Mary Kay Falau now, because she right, married the Billy kid she fucked. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I was looking it up, because I just, I had a feeling that there was some, like, cultural touchstone and there you are well so, i mean yeah, and this is why. before we sort of i mean obviously the mary kayla turner thing kind of turned the tide on how we thought about um female teachers and their male students yeah but it it was still this sort of romanticized oh if it was a girl that was the worst thing ever but if it's a boy why right. wouldn't he want to be with this beautiful meredith salinger right. looking i mean because meredith salinger is gorgeous yeah the actress that plays miss yeah. whatever her name is she's gorgeous yeah, and honestly, I mean, just talking about that, when I was in high school, I had a chemistry teacher who was a divorcee, and she would flirt with the 17-year-old boys in my class, and everybody thought, like, it was disturbing if you were, like, a 17-year-old girl, but apparently nobody thought this was a bad thing, as she was, like, being really lewd and, like, really out there mm-hmm. in our class, so. So, oh. yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, well, it, I mean, I, we'll get into that a little bit more, but... um yeah. So we do get the one teacher that it is okay to be hot for, and that is Willow, uh, teaching right. at the computer mm-hmm. class. And I'm Ugh. wondering how the hell Willow is doing Jenny's presumably full time job and also her own course load. Because. Well, yeah. I think because she's making most of it up. Uh, I, I do not buy for a second that Jenny's lesson plan included information grouping and binary coding. Well, also, point. <laughs> I don't. Of order, I also Jenny's computer most... was destroyed. Well, yeah, yes. that too. Uh, I also suspect that what Willow's joke about uh, coding is gibberish. And uh, I have no idea why anyone, why the class all laughs at it. Because even if it does make sense, they don't know anything about it. It's like that That scene is just like, sorry, I, I'm, I'm being the tech guy again. It's okay. It's like, it's no, like, it's it's fine. It's like when we start getting to the Wicca stuff, I will be screaming my bloody head. Oh, off. good. It's not good. Wicca. It's shooty eyeball magic. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, right. um, but, but the other thing yeah. is just from a teacher, you know, public education point of view, they would not be having some 16 year old girl teaching a class full time without even like somebody sitting there like monitoring her if they said, OK, well, we'll give you some kind of like college credit and, you know, student teacher, blah, blah, blah. It's just the whole thing makes me. Yeah, crazy. and I mean, like Giles offers to help her, and she's like, "No, no, I'm okay doing that." And it's like, yeah, the I'm school not board would not accept this. The school didn't stick Giles in there just yeah, to have an adult. Right. Like, okay, so I taught a drama class in high school. I went to an alternative school, and kids were asking for me to drama club. So what we did is we coded it as an English class. We had the teacher in there. He taught a bunch of other stuff too about the literature of plays and. Then when we got up to do scene work, he'd have me and, you know, my boyfriend at the time 
like talk about like acting method, which we knew a lot about. But he was in the room. It was like a co thing, right? And it wasn't me them going like, oh yeah, yeah, he's out for the day. We're just gonna leave you alone in a classroom mm-hmm. with a bunch of kids. Yeah, that like. Like I said, that just that part drives me crazy because it would never happen. You don't even have that when somebody comes from college and is doing student teaching. You still have somebody monitoring what they're doing, mm. you know, and keeping track of stuff. So. And uh, we get Willow's start of darkness because we hear her. Yep. I'm, you know, been researching Lady stuff Lady that Lady. Jenny had, and here's, you know, this rose quartz crystal, which oh my god, that breaks my. It heart. didn't look like rose quartz to start with. It looked, I don't know, it looked like plain quartz to me. Well, so yeah, kind of like earthy. And also, rose quartz is usually more for love and and attracting love. I don't know about the healing part because yeah, so we know but... the writers are so great at research. Uh, exactly, but <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I wrote that exact same note, MC. It was like, and there it goes, paganism and magic. Yep. She is really sweet to give Giles the rose quartz, though. I don't think that's about the. That was like. I found yeah, no, something that, was that sweet. I really... It was heartbreaking. Yeah, that and was a she's kind thing really for her sweet and empathetic and in tune with Giles in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. a lot. With a Willow is a lot. And I actually have always really sort of regretted that they never tackled Willow's grief and all this. Like I can see mm-hmm. Buffy is angry and you see in this episode where she doesn't believe in the forgiveness and how she's processing that. And Xander is Xander. But, like, Willow knew her. She's taken over her class. She obviously admired her and was interested in her paganism, you know, things like that. And that that doesn't get explored. And I keep thinking even a scene would have done it. Yeah, like, I mean, let's admit it. Like, uh, Willow is interested in computers. She's interested in Wicca. And she had a crush on Giles. She wanted to be Jenny. Right. Or do Jenny. Perfectly. And that's okay, too. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I Willow is really kind and the looks that Allie gives at Tony are just she's breaking your heart while he's breaking your heart where poor broken Giles my poor baby I just want to hold him to my chest and tell him it's all going to be okay you want to do that all the time though yeah pretty much (laughs) pretty much Um, Uh, speaking of you know having a crush on people back in the day I had such a huge crush on Christopher Gorham who plays yeah, no, James that, in this. That makes sense to me. He was hot. He was hot. What else was he in? Because I know the name. He was, he was on Jake 2.0. He was on Ugly Betty. Okay. Yeah, he was. He okay, was now I know Betty. why I know him. Because a mutual friend of ours uh, was a big uh, two, Jake 2.0 fan. Yeah. It was going on and on not about him. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I remember him from. Yeah, that makes sense. It was one of those things where I'm like, oh. When I was rewatching this episode a couple of years yeah. later, I was like, oh, my God, it's the guy from Ugly Betty. Because I yeah. loved Ugly Betty. Yes, yeah. he was very hot. Yeah, he, he he was also unpopular, which I believe was maybe the next year or so. Because he was one of those, like, WB, like, That showed up in all actors. the yeah. WB shows. Yeah. Like Jensen Ackles yeah. from Supernatural. Yeah. But yeah, no, I everything. thought he was super cute back in the day. And yeah, so okay. I just thought I would mention that because, yeah. you know, I owe it to... 15 year old me no that is that is that was a total my type that is still my tall skinny dark hair broody yeah that right there yeah so the willow and giles i found it very moving and Mm -hmm. buffy has her dream uh or flashback or connection and we see the first uh flashback of james and grace together and yeah, this is, it's like, I, I, I have uncomfortable written so many times because looking at it through a 2018 lens, it's like, no, this is, this is creepy. So wrong. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's so many different levels of wrong in this episode, starting with the fact that we have a teacher who's just flat out sleeping with her student and she's the victim in all of this. Right. Again, I'm not going to victim blame for stuff like, you know, getting shot. That well, is yeah. not appropriate in any universe. But yeah, she's the victim. She's the one that has to give the forgiveness. You know, yeah. I, it, from a from a now lens, it's really, yeah. Yeah. I do think I'm going to make a Sunnydale high shirt that says something weird is going on as the um the school motto. school motto yeah yeah that's a good one yeah and, and i will give them credit in 
just like a tiny little bit of credit in terms of research, they um, they named James as a poltergeist. And poltergeists um, usually center around one person rather than right. uh, a location. And for the most part, um, mo- ex- with the exception of um, when the uh, the janitor shoots the teacher, Buffy is always involved with the the hauntings that are happening. So mm. it's definitely focused on Buffy rather than the location. So I found that to be interesting. Yeah. Because hmm. yep. I looked okay. up poltergeist phenomenon. Yeah. Well, because there's also, there's a lot of different, some people think poltergeists aren't ghosts, but, you know, just psychic yeah, phenomenon. I'm not even going to get into that. And we don't a see of... a lot of ghosts on Buffy at all. We don't. Um, I mean, we get flashbacks we get in, and people um, in, in the first. In where the and... wild things, in where the wild, wild things, things are, are we have it, but it's not like a common, common yeah. occurrence. But... It tends to be more demons than ghosts. Yeah, yeah. and at, and actually hauntings. where the wild things are is probably more of like your, your parapsychology uh, poltergeist because it's the repressed energy of adolescence Mm -hmm. which is what kind of the parapsychology view of poltergeist is now um yeah and yeah no not a whole lot of ghosts and of course once we go over onto angel we do get phantom dennis so i love phantom Mm. dennis he's like my favorite phantom dennis Um, so yeah i mean um i think that uh this whole incident with grace and james is proof that uh, sunnydale's really blasé about death because even 50 years later a student killing a teacher at the school would be like infamous, like urban legend. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. They're blasé about a lot of things. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a question that they don't address. And of course it just, I'm just interested and there is no answer because they don't address it. It's like, so when the gun disappears after the janitor shoots the Does teacher... Does the bullet disappear? Yes. <laughs> Good question. Well, I mean, the bullet could disappear and then the teacher would still die because the well, thing yeah, is... Well, no, yeah, no, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, that makes no sense. Right, but they don't address that issue and I just, I, I'm curious because that's the way I think. That's, yeah, because I mean, like, well... I don't know if it would really matter because Snyder oh, no. and the chief of police are like covering right. things up. Yeah. Right. And is this the first mention of the mayor? Yes. It is I the first so. mention the of, first the mayor. of the mayor. It's not the first mm-hmm. time we found out that Snyder knows right. about things. Because in Schoolheart, he talked to the yes. police chief mm-hmm. about things. But this is the, this time, is the first right. time he says Hellmouth. Yeah, it's the first time that, that the he, mayor is mentioned yeah. and the first time that Snyder says. The Hellmouth. And I think actually it's the only time Snyder says Hellmouth. That's true. Because I think they kind of, once we got to season three, kind of reconsidered Snyder's part in all of it. They made him a little more unwitting. Yeah, they did a little more unwitting. I mean, I I always think Snyder knows. Oh, great. It's always great to see Armin Shimmerman. Hey, Armin. Yes. Uh, We love you. Of course. Um, We love you. Yes. Adore him. Yeah, I mean, I think they, yeah, maybe, but he's obviously scared of the mayor even then. They're like, do we have to talk to the yeah. mayor? And he's like, nope, nope, nope. And I mm. wonder if they already knew that they were going to do that, mayor is the villain. I'm pretty sure. I think so, probably. Well, I think it, it, the, even if they didn't know exactly what was going on, obviously there was, I think they were seeding it. There, I mean, there's sure. a yeah, lot so. of foreshadowing and seeding in this episode with Willow, with, yeah. with that, um probably at this point in the season like they did write becoming to possibly be a series finale Mm -hmm. but by this point they were probably secure enough in the ratings that it's like okay do you know what we're probably gonna get a season three so we're gonna well and it's not Mm ham-handed it's not like if that if this had been the last season of buffy you know People weren't going to go, oh, well, they, you dropped that threat about the mire. Like, it's such a yeah. toss off line that. Yeah, it's just sort like, of a. And a yeah. Yeah, it was a seed, but it wasn't something that was so glaringly obvious that it wasn't a hanging threat. Yeah. Oh, I was going to talk about the, the janitor. So that's John Hawks. Do you guys know who John Hawks is? I don't know. Name the sounds familiar. He's been nominated for an Academy Award. Uh, that's probably why. He was nominated for an Academy Award for Winter's Bone. 
Okay. With you, okay. Jennifer Lawrence. He's like one of the best character actors out there, which yeah. totally, I think, I mean, Buffy and Angel playing their thing is playing their thing. But the way he plays the, because the first couple is very over the top and you can't do this to me and step, you know, he, he I just, I, I love John Hawks. I find him be such an amazing actor mm. and like really, really cute. Um, so I just, I thought that their dialogue and the way that's done was really more sensitively done and more realistic in its tone than probably even Buffy and Angel. I just, it was just an acting note that I just, even young, young John Hawks before he's done anything of note yet is still just so right. Look, look he's in the sessions. He's in Winterspone. Go watch one of his movies. He's fabulous. Okay, cool. Okay. This is uh, the first appearance of the mansion, mm-hmm. uh, the the vampire mansion. I believe I read that it was actually designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. It is. It's the it's oh, the cool. Ennis House in L.A. and it's designed like Frank Lloyd Wright. Uh, it was also used in Blade Runner. Oh, okay. Oh, huh. okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's been used hmm. in a bunch of stuff, but Blade Runner is probably the most notable of those. And uh, we get the first mention of Jasmine being night blooming uh, from Angel. It's Jasmine is Angel's favorite flower. I'm sure it's not anymore. <laughs> True that. <laughs> and uh, can I just like go on about how awesome? I mean, she's always awesome, but like Juliet Landau just like killed me. It just as soon as she was just like everything, every word out of her mouth, all the body language. Everything oh, I love it her. when she does her little dances. I've talked about this before. It starts, yes. with her, and she's just. Yeah, she just like, I was like, I love you, Drew. I love you, Drew. I love you, Drew. Yeah, and again, we were talking about how Angel, last episode we talked about Angel knows how to go for the jugular on people. And of course he yeah. goes mm-hmm. straight yeah. for Spike's, you know, major, you know, as much, less, much as Spike likes to think he's a badass, and he is in a way. It's not like he hasn't killed people. He's he's so sensitive. Yeah, no, he really is. Yeah, yeah and and Angel knows, Angelus knows all exactly what buttons to push. Well, yeah. the button's always going to be Drusilla. And they're all on Drusilla. Because yes. Spike always loved Drusilla more than Drusilla loves Spike. I'm not saying that Drusilla did oh, yeah. not right. love Spike mm-hmm. and they have such an interesting relationship. Dr- Drusilla's always had no problem with dropping Spike whenever she got bored. Yeah. Because yeah. she did that with Angelus, she did that with the Immortals, she later does that with the um, the demon with the antlers, uh, the Chaos Demon. I love the And then she does it with right. the Gak Demon. Yeah, she's always like Dumping Spike for whatever reason. Well, yeah, so Spike's yeah. the boyfriend that you can always come back to. Or the partner. I'm sorry, it's yeah. not just boyfriend. It's like, oh, they'll always take me back. They, you know. Yeah. That, that's, hmm. the, that's the dynamic there, I think. Interesting. I, I'd never thought of this, but this is actually is like basically the same relationship that uh, the Enchantress and the Executioner have in Thor in Marvel Comics. Hmm. Which, you know, is kind of tangential, but that's, I mean, that's exactly the related, like the Enchantress, the, the, well, not so much because they don't have an, I don't know how much they have an explicit relationship in that respect, but they always work together and the Executioner is always around. I, I think they do actually, they have a thing going on, but, but she just dumps him all the time yeah. and just goes, oh, Heimdall, I'm going to go hang out with you now. And the Executioner <laughs> is just like, huh? and yeah yeah i mean that 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 is exactly what yeah she she'll she'll wander off to whatever shiny and again i'm sure you know they're vampires they're like commitment level is not exactly i i I think here's my analogy i think that drew's the one that really wants negotiated polyamory and spike's not having it so she just goes off and does it anyway which is totally not healthy and bad Bad and unhealthy (laughs) dynamic but they're vampires, so, like, who has a healthy dynamic? And also, on top of that, it's like, you know, she just, when she's bored yeah. and there's nobody else, she can she go back to Spike because he's the yeah. old reliable. Yeah. And he'll, he'll always take her yeah. back, too. He For never, sure. like, says no. And so that's part of it also, that it's a very unhealthy relationship in general because of that. I yes, do have a exactly. question. Mm-hmm. Do they cancel the Sadie Hawkins dance because of everything that's been going on? Because in the opening scene, the guy comes up to Buffy and asks her to ask him to the Sadie Hawkins dance, which is mm-hmm. supposed to be the day after. Was it at the bronze, maybe? Because a lot of their dances are at the bronze. 
Possibly. I mean, they've had other dances at the Bronze. Yeah, I'm going to go with no, they don't cancel it because Sunnydale. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, because, like, they they start, they make a big deal out of the Sadie Hawkins dance, but it affects nothing, and it's obviously not at the school. So, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that was a yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, Marcy kidnapped uh, Cordelia to the bronze yeah. for that one dance that, you know what I mean, you're talking about in, the, in season one, so. Yeah. Yeah, it was the May Queen the dance. The May Queen dance was going mm-hmm. at the bronze, and they had the Valentine's Day right. stuff at the bronze, so I... I don't know mm-hmm. when they do it in the gym and when they do it in the bronze. I have no idea what this damn... Sp- Apparently, yeah. it's only prom that takes place at the school because that shows class. Oh, yeah. Homecoming's no at the at all, school, but, too. Know. No, it's at the bronze. Is it? Because I thought yeah. they show up... Okay, whatever. I mean, for what it's worth, the 1955 Sadie Hawkins dance was at well, the school. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that makes, makes sense. sense, yeah. So when they're actually trying to figure out what to do about these poltergeists xander's line nuke the school foreshadowing Um, foreshadowing (laughs) yeah yeah well oh and this brings me to uh my continuing pet peeve from season one which we haven't seen lately but uh willow refers to exorcism as the final solution are we sure she's jewish (laughs) yeah it's always seriously no i i I mean really (laughs) this is like seriously tone deaf it really is it always is i mean even if she wasn't jewish (laughs) yes but but i mean that she is jewish it's like no you don't know (laughs) that's just crazy it is crazy you you don't use that phrase just off the cuff like that it's no (laughs) bad marty no cookie no cookie yeah, I do some of Dander's because you know I was complaining two episodes ago three episodes ago one of those episodes ago about how Xander's dialogue was so biting and so sarcastic yeah. yes he does I believe it was passion it was passion and it was oh in this episode his stuff is he's sass and not sarcasm in this episode yeah. he also has one of my favorite yeah. lines she's like well what do you know uh, okay, what do we know? Uh, that dog spit is cleaner than human spit. <laughs> like, yes. It cracks me up every time. Uh, Mar- Marty gets dark. She gets super emotional. She likes to whomp on all her people. But man, yeah. she gets their individual voices so well. So well. And Xander is pretty okay in this episode. And um, when we actually get to the school for the exorcism... I mean, there's not much that I can say about it. I mean, they I think oh. they do a good job of making it seem pretty scary. And yeah. just Willow's sad Jenny could never be this oh. mean. It just yeah. breaks my heart. Yeah. I, I do have a problem with when they get to the school. As far as I can tell, that's not what a scapula is. Scapula is not the term for that thing. Yeah. Well, what is the term and- for that thing? I have no idea, but it's not scapula, because scapula well, that, is something it? totally different. <laughs> a scapula yeah. is a thing in, I th- believe, the it's Catholic, Catholic Church. It's some kind of, it's a pendant, yeah. but it's it's not like a sack of like herbs and sulfur. It's shitty yeah, IV it's, magic. You were saying what? scapula, like the muscle bony thing? That's, thought, that's but, scapula. Yeah, scapula. Yeah, that's what but, they called it. Yeah. That's how they spelled it in the um, the subtitles, by the way, with an yeah. A at the end. Scap- so. I'm sorry, scapular is the is the uh, the Catholic thing. Yeah. Scapula right. is your your. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a Catholic bone. Anglican thing. I I know tons of people right. who wear them quite okay. frequently, and I remember yeah. having to ask about them when I was a kid because a bunch of kids in my class, and I was like, "What is that exactly?" Yeah, no, according to. Um, it, it, they they do it. It's it's scapula, and that's why the spatula joke. Right. No, uh, yes. I have also made the spatula yeah. joke many times. Yeah, yeah but I, I, there is another name for it, and I'm blanking yeah. on what it should be right now because my brain just hurts. So, but yeah, as far it, as I could find out, I mean, I didn't do an exhaustive search, but I did look, and it's like, nope, no indication that scapula would have anything no, to do it, with it. Uh, it doesn't. Again, research. <laughs> Or yeah, like I mean, it own. comes across, it. they can be a whole bunch of different things. They can be crosses, they can be saints. Um, I know. Right. Basically, they said, we want to do a, sca- a spatula joke. 
Okay, yeah. yeah, for sure. It, yeah. It's shooty eye beam magic. Shooty eye beam mm-hmm. magic. Right. I mean, it's basically just a protection charm in a bag. Like, you wouldn't... Yeah, have... that's almost like, is it a wonga bag? I think is the word. It's like something that they use in Voodoo, where you put that kind of stuff in... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they used to do that on, like, Supernatural, like, really early on. Like, they'd have, like, anti-possession, like, warding... But they did uh, before that they before the they got the tattoos, yeah. Yeah. I mean, those kind of charms are things I've seen yeah. in, in things, but they're not called scapulas. Yeah. Just, no, 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 they're not. And again. Come on, I, come on, Willow, your research I, girl. I have. Yes, but this is like her first time trying anything magical. Right. She's also. <sighs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I live in a very Catholic community and I, I know what those are and they're not what. They're, they usually have a saint. Everybody I know that wears them has their personal mm-hmm. saint or their family saint on them. Yeah, and the word that I was looking for is, it's a, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it's Uwanga, O-U-A-N-G-A or O-U-N-G-A. And it's usually more like Voodoo related where it's, yeah, it's a little bad mm-hmm. with like herbs and, and charms and roots and other stuff for protection or other mm-hmm. uh, things. So, yeah, or, or charm bag is another, like a conjure bag, medicine bag. I found this an interesting episode in that, oh, this is one of the few episodes where Buffy's Slayer powers has, like, no impact on the plot, like, whatsoever. Like, the it, except for knocking down that door, like, Buffy right. does not use, like, Slayer strength, like, yeah. at all. Which is actually a cool thing that, you know, they're, she's out of her comfort zone for a change. Well, it's, mm-hmm. it's all about uh, the emotional... Uh, impact. Right, right, yeah, there's nothing she can actually just go and beat the crap out of to win the yeah, game. Yeah, so. we, we talked about it really briefly, but I want to just yeah, Willow's Jenny can never be this mean. Because I also think mm-hmm. this episode is very much a journey for Giles. Like, he yes. was killing me. And him and Willow's stuff is really it's very sweet. And it's, Willow's one of her is being her best willow in all this because she's sort of letting him have these ideas and not sort of poke at him, but at the same time knows when it's time to just really, I just, yeah. One of my favorite parts of this episode, even though I hate to see my jaws in pain is Tony's very subtle again, performance. Um, it, it's mm. Giles letting go of Jenny. Finally. No, I mean, not even, I mean, he's going to have grief over this for you, but yeah, it's him. Well, yeah. realizing oh. he can't bring her back or see her again in a supernatural well, yeah, way. Exactly. Because yeah. he really wants it to be her because he wants to see her even as a poltergeist. Probably the crux of this episode is when James has possessed Buffy and uh, then Angel comes into it and is possessed by Grace. Which, you know, plot twist that, you know, they're breaking gender mm-hmm. stereotypes. We just play out Buffy and Angel's whole relationship in the same dialogue, which is, uh, that's like the one neat bit. Yeah. So. No, I mean, it, it. they did uh, definitely set up all of the parallels so that it would work. Um, mm-hmm. And as Andy mentioned earlier, that it was this episode with uh, David playing Grace that convinced Joss that Angel could carry his own show. And that's what saved Angel's life, because they were going to they were fully going to kill him off and becoming. Mm-hmm. But once they decided that they wanted to do an Angel show, they're like, oh, I guess we got to bring him back in season three. So I, I, yeah, and David and, David mm-hmm. and Sarah are just so good in that scene. And, and the parallels not... The problematic par- problematic parallels as well, which I don't know if the mm-hmm. writers are going for, but looking at it from the lens of today, it's a way older dude sleeping with a 17-year-old girl. We've yeah. talked about this. It's basically two people that have committed, you know, statutory sexual assault on teenagers. Yeah, I mean, like, we can, at this point, get more, because this leads, we get the the full scene between Grace and James, and then we also get into the resolution between them, so I think we can really get into, like, the deep problematic crux of this episode, and that's, you know, the fact that everything is based off of the statutory rape, and then after that you get this, you know, um, violent situation between two lovers, and why the fuck did James have a gun in the first place? If like he didn't intend to hurt her, I, I wondered person. about that. People do irrational things, and teenagers' brains aren't fully formed until they're like twenty-two or twenty-three anyway. So I, I don't know because they needed a gun and plot device because we needed to have somebody die in order to yeah. bring them back mm-hmm. and do the whole thing. So I am annoyed that 
the people who get shot keep falling off that. Which damn is totally window. like a lot. Like the way she falls off that. It, ba- the way it is. Sh- the way it is shot makes well, no sense. Well, that wall is too high for you to go back up off that wall and over once you're yeah. shot. You would stumble in a, it. It just yeah. Physically impossible. And it's even more more clear when the janitor shoots the teacher because she is clearly just she gets shot and she starts collapsing just straight down. And then all of a sudden there's a shot of her tumbling oh, yeah, off the it's balcony. Just the laws of physics are not. And it's like it's. It doesn't work yeah. at all. I mean, it's a dramatic image of them laying there dead, but it just, it doesn't. Right, but it's, they, they, right. I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't have had them fall off the balcony. I'm saying they, they just, they shot and edited it badly. Yeah, it just, it looks badly every time. Yeah. And then uh, Grace comes back to James in Angelus's body because Angelus can survive being shot. And she forgives him for everything and basically says that she shouldn't have broken up with him because she never stopped loving him and ew ew and more ew and i get that you know forgiving somebody is an act of compassion and everything but she basically apologizes to him for breaking up with him because she loved him so much and it's like she he shot you ew 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 he shot you he brought a gun to intimidate you and on, and on top of that she was like the mature adult who said wait i can't have an affair with my student because it's illegal and it's just immoral you know well, it's a bad thing after having uh, yeah, already I'll, done I'll, it after already having right. done it right <laughs> yeah but at least she's like saying okay we can't do this anymore we have to cut it off instead of just being there and happily ever after. Yeah, I mean, thematically, it is. It's it's Buffy needs to hear Buffy herself, not just Buffy as James, needs to hear yes. forgiveness because Buffy is often a black and white thinker. Like, Buffy has... Mm-hmm. I mean, she can see some nuance, but a lot, and especially in these first couple seasons, it's very black and white, and she's so angry at James, you know, saying, well, he killed her. He did the thing. There's no forgiveness for that, you know, because she's... Uh, talking about herself obviously we all know that that's not yeah. exactly the right not exactly a metaphor it's just sort of a, a therefore so i mean and i and you know i get the forgiveness needs to be buffy hearing it so she can start to forgive because she's mm-hmm. also blaming herself for jenny too you know yeah. of course it is yes. really yeah. a false equivalency it is. because what buffy did was an accident what james did, he i mean he might not have intended to pull the trigger but he brought a gun. gun. Yeah. He well, brought a loaded well, gun. When you say what Buffy did was an accident, what do you mean? In like um Angel's soul going away. Yeah, she- Ah, but you see I think I think that's not what she mostly blames herself for. I think she has been blaming herself that she wasn't able to kill Angel once yes. his soul went away. But see, she's always well, she always keeps it centered on Angel. It's always uh, when she's talking about James, she's like, she destroyed the person she loved in a fit of passion. So it's mm-hmm. entirely talking about the moment that she and Angel mm-hmm. had sex together. And it's also brought up at the beginning of this episode when she's like, you remember the last time I was impulsive and I slept with my boyfriend and now he's dead mm-hmm. or now he's gone. So, yeah, they do bring that back. But but for the last several episodes, she's really been going on about how her actions after that have have caused people to die. Okay. I mean, I, I do think that that contributes, but I think it's purpose. mostly focused on the fact that it, what is her fault is the fact that Angel is no longer Angel. And you mm-hmm. notice that when the chance comes to give Angel his soul back, that's what she wants to try first rather than killing him. So, Which, you know, 17-year-old mm-hmm. girl, she, you know, if this is the seventh season, yeah. she probably would have made a much bigger, a much different decision, you know, than she would at in season two. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. I mean, like, Come season seven, she would have let Don die. So, yeah. and Don was innocent. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean that the, the yeah. it is a false equivalency. I think, and and that's the problem in the writing. Yeah, they're, they're, I think that's what bugged me about it is that it feels like it's things are being shoehorned that can't be shoehorned because they're not the same. Mm-hmm. And it just that's why I was saying about it just started to get to me in terms of the big overall person pain, sad romance, blah blah blah. When when you look at the actual things going on here, and it's like, no, this but is But Sarah and David are freaking spectacular, as usual. They oh, yeah, are, they're brilliant together. And we talked about this in Passion, about how good everybody was, and 
man, there. Sarah breaks. I know Allie's big eyes are supposed to break everybody's heart, and they do a little bit. But Sarah is the one that always gets to me because just she gets that glassy and, and eye. Behind her, and behind her, it's just like she goes yeah. there. And Sarah's really good at this one mm-hmm. thing, and she's really good when she has a strong directorial sort of put. You know what I mean? She can be yeah. not as good. She's always good, but like. You know what I mean? Like, but she's really, and she has such a mastery of this character um, and what, you know, she can do with it. It just, I, I love, I, she's so good. And David is so good. David's great. Speaking of David, the angel's reaction when, at the end of that scene, when the kiss breaks off and he suddenly, and she says angel and he just goes and jumps back Uh, to me. I just think that's so brilliant. Like. For mm-hmm. people who don't think that David, you know, is that good an actor, or whatever, that he's like masterful. Yeah. he's just at that mm-hmm. that reaction is. I mean, there there are times when I've watched these and I'm like, I get actors take work that they can get, and if they can get on a long running show that's going to last, and you you know, like boats. But I really want David to stop doing these like heroic freaking. T- I I want him to go do something super evil again. Because he's really good at it. Because he's Cause so he's great good at it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I want him to be the villain on something instead of, like, heroic Navy SEAL. Or, I, I mean, his, his character on Bones was snarkier, yeah. but he was still heroic. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, just the fact that he's so, like, grossed out by the fact that he was kissing her. Like, But it, it's beautiful because you've mm-hmm. got this, like, big romantic, the swelling of the music and everything else. And then all of a sudden it's like, he's totally rejecting it. It's like, it's like a punch in the face and it works so well. And it's funny as hell, too. He must have gotten a really good acting coach between season one and season two. Like, a really good acting yeah. coach. Yeah, no, he's phenomenal here. In that moment when Buffy says Angel, she absolutely hopes that somehow Angel has gotten oh, his yeah. soul back. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. But at the same time, there's nothing Angelus hates more than Angel's mm-hmm. humanity. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. As we hear in the next scene. Again, like last episode, we were talking about last episode, how all those characters were working really well together. Again, they mm-hmm. were, the Scoobies mm-hmm. were firing on all cylinders again. Cordelia was doing her thing. She came to the school. She was scared, but she did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Xander is being Xander and not problematic. Xander just good supportive making jokes about dogs now sander willow is is really empathetic towards giles does research you know so mm-hmm. I, again it's just one of those ones where the scoobies are really they're gelling and they're a family and less and less of a team so yeah i just wanted to point that out so the vampires are like the opposite and that they're all they're sort of this this wonderfully dysfunctional and we all hate each other they're family, they're fracturing you know? at this point and it's all because of court mm-hmm. it's all because of drusilla james is so great in the last scene snarking mm-hmm. at angel and then angel snarking back at him and i just have to say back in the day when i was first watching this episode when spike starts to like stand up from that chair jumping up off my couch just screaming because oh my god something's gonna happen oh i remember the same thing i don't know if i jumped Mm. up but i was like oh it's going down oh he's back i think the only time i've had that sort of reaction is in um i guess it would probably be two to go when giles shows up yeah yeah at the very end yeah. Mm. yeah and in the end of Walking Dead, I believe season two, when Michonne shows up for the first time, there have been yeah, there have been a couple times on yeah, the same kind of just like jumping that, up, that, surprised, like Whoa. yeah, that that time yeah, where it's just like, like you've got to jump up and just scream. scream because oh my god, I can't believe this happened. Yeah, it's it's a great moment. It's great, and it's just like ah, uh, <laughs> the spike I like is back, mm-hmm. and you just you see all the mm-hmm. see the wheels turning, and if you don't know what's going to happen next, it's like oh my god, mm-hmm. where is this going? Something yeah. is. And then it's so disappointing because the next episodes go fish and there's no. <laughs> yeah, Buffy, I mean, I think they're still learning. Again, we've talked about how this is one of those very first really serialized shows that had yeah. these myth arcs and not, you know, and I think other shows have learned from this, but there are still shows that do this. They have this mm. big, massive moment, not a cliffhanger, but sort of that like, almost cliffhanger and then the next episode is freaking nothing resolved about that and you have to wait two more up ep- you know what i mean i'm like you would think you would address hello that. supernatural supernatural happened last week yeah. even supernatural is the worst they, at they it. are they're like Cass is gonna do this giant thing and then oh we've got a one-off episode even though it's a funny one-off 
Happened ex- actually happened last week on Supernatural. In their partial defense, sometimes there are production reasons there, yeah, for this. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Like a script, a script doesn't come through, and they need to just put something in, so they have the next one. That's or an actor's not, or whatever. Or they're spending, they're like double, uh, they're double banking, and they have to get like the big finale stuff, so they need to. Yeah, that's true. A lot of that will happen. Mm -hmm. Whatever the big story points are coming up. So you know, I mean, you know, have some filler. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The bit, the 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 major example is you know like the end of season four of Babylon Five. Where they all of a sudden's like, oh, we don't have another season. We have to wrap everything up now. Yeah, that definitely <laughs> happens with. Yeah, and then suddenly you get season five. Of and then they got season like, five, and it's we like, shot oh, our load. We... now we're screwed because we have no story. What do we do now? And yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it and and it definitely happens on twenty-two episode regular season shows. You don't see this phenomenon mm-hmm. happening nearly as much, and and the way series are going now shorter 13 episode seasons yeah. you've got that's the british, the british model, model which is know, coming over you... more towards this way too like limited yeah the, the british model slash the netflix, slash the netflix model, model. So the... right and also the yeah. hbo showtime yeah. premium cable you yeah because sh- you've got a shorter season and also you're writing you're writing your, your entire season in advance and then shooting it rather than mm-hmm. you know doing it as you're going along and because you do have to fill twenty so yeah two to twenty four episodes a season so there's it's a, it's lot. a lot it's a lot yeah. and that the lot yeah. of shows aren't doing that kind of season I mean unless you're you know your CSIs and your SVUs and those procedural stuff are still doing it but yeah the very mm-hmm. ha- and those are dying those are dying badly they are yeah because I mean the depth I mean they still get huge yeah. ratings compared to other things. But in comparison to what they were... Yeah, look at NCIS. But just look at how many of them are still on. Not many of them are still yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, you got your NCIS, you got your them. CSI, yeah. you've got your SVU. CSI's gone, isn't it? Oh, CSI's, CSI's gone. gone. Is there a CSI on the air somewhere? Oh, I don't I, think I don't so. Like, I, don't I think know. we're there's done. Law, there's still some Law & Order show on, though. I mean, I don't watch... Uh, SVU, SVU, is, SVU, SVU, SVU is still on. Yeah. And there's three NCIs still running, so yeah. Yeah. So yeah. They're still kind of doing it, and they have. But they're very sort of small. Too, it's but... little moments at the beginning or the end of an episode. Yeah. That sort of mm-hmm. ties in together, so it doesn't matter. So yeah, it is hard to do the serialized storytelling without. Supernatural is the only one that's doing that serialized storytelling in a genre basis in 22 or 23 episodes uh, anymore. And a lot of people would be saying that, that Supernatural doesn't do too well. Well, you know what? It doesn't. Right. But I, I, I just can't seem to quit it. I quit it, and then I came back. That'll be our next podcast. Oh my god, that would take 400 years! <laughs> it's something like Doctor Who. I mean, even there, you've got, like, you did have 13 episodes, and you were still getting filler in but, there for the same But, you know, Doctor Who's filler... production I know issues. we're on a tangent, listeners, but, like, Doctor Who filler is different filler. Yeah. Like, because you've got your... Yeah, but you yeah. still have, like, a one-off, or something gets swapped, oh, because yeah, suddenly, oh, sure. wait, we there, can't There's have... definitely things yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, that that happened, like, during season six, where something that should have been towards the end got thrown into... Oh, sorry, the other way around. It was something that was supposed to be the third episode in got thrown to no, the No, no, that does still happen. And yeah. totally screwed up the whole storyline, because production-wise, and they suddenly said, oh, wait, we need something yeah. in a different location. We can't have yet another, like... <laughs> claustrophobic blah 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 so sometimes it happens yeah long form storytelling is difficult it it can be it's it's very difficult so Mm -hmm. i do admire them for that and it gets a little like oh god what are you guys doing but then also realizing the production demands and the demands on the actors and the writers and the set builders and the costume design Mm -hmm. that you know yeah every now and then i'm like all right and and sometimes those one-off episodes aren't go fish. So mm-hmm. you know sometimes That's you true. get something good. Okay, well we'll we'll talk about that next week. For now, any final thoughts on I only have eyes for you? Meredith Salinger's so freaking pretty, I can't even handle it. She she's is. all. Yeah. Do you never watch Journey of Natty Gan? She's Natty Gan. She's no. also married to Patton Oswalt. No. Trivia fact. Yeah. Oh right. So there's your little celebrity okay. marriage trivia for the day. That the teacher in this is married is now married to Pat Oswald. That no, okay. no. I mean, I I used to love this episode a lot. Now I'm just like, eh, maybe not as much. I think uh, honestly, uh, we've talked about this before. That there are some episodes that are not good for us, the Return to the Hellmouth hosts, to do. And I think this is one of them. I think this is an episode that's okay if you're just watching yeah. it. But if yeah. you're actually like like analyzing it at all, then. Then it starts to fall apart. Yeah, yeah, don't 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 think about this. Yeah, or else you're you're gonna go. Yeah, 
Which is really, it's really fun that we keep on having these episodes where it's like, maybe it would be a better idea if we didn't watch this episode, like, in this format. But this is this our is format. The format yeah. that we chose. And whose fault is that? It's mine. <laughs> I'm aware oh, of that. I wasn't going to say anything, but you know. <laughs> I blame all of us. Well, yeah, you guys all did volunteer. Like, I didn't twist your arm. <laughs> Some trivia facts. At the first airing of this episode, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller did a voiceover on the dangers of teenage I suicide. That. Hmm. Ah. I, I remember that too, but did not do a voiceover about the dangers of fucking your teachers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> The more you know, kids. This uh. episode is mentioned twice more, I believe. Uh, once is in Faith, Hope, and Mr. Trick. Willow talks about being sucked into a portal in the hallway. And it's also mentioned in Waiting in the Wings on Angel, when Angel says that he's been possessed yep. by ghostly lovers before, and it never goes well. Which, that's another episode that has ghosts in it. But it's not on Buffy, it's on Angel. It's in the same verse, but it's not. But it's on Angel, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. I only have eyes for you. Yeah, okay. and we didn't so, have, I mean, we already mentioned the music cues, so, which were the Flamingos and Splendid. The music is Splendid did Charge at the Bronze. They did the, the Flamingos did I Only Have Eyes for You when uh, James is going to kill himself. And Christoph Beck did Love is Forever. I love Christoph. We don't we talk do about Kristoff enough. We really should because he's we don't. He's we really, talk more really about brilliant. Christoph. We'll we'll get mm. so, the stuff from Becoming is freaking gorgeous. So we'll we'll talk to we'll make yeah. sure we add that into our notes to talk about Kristoff. At the very least, let's just say everybody get the Buffy the Vampire Slayer album, like not the you know music that was on Buffy, but the actual like sound like the score. It is, well, yeah, Kristoff back, incredible, incredible work. So, I think that brings us to the end of this episode, unless you guys have anything no. else to say. Nope. Okay, so uh, next time we'll be reviewing Go Fish. Lucky us. Until then, grr arg. Grr arg. Grr arg. We'd like to thank everyone who downloaded the podcast, and an extra special thanks to everyone who shared, liked, and subscribed on social media. If you'd like your questions or comments read on the show, you can contact us on our website, returntothehellmouth.com, on YouTube at Return to the Hellmouth, on Tumblr and Facebook at Return to the Hellmouth, on Twitter at Hellmouth Return, or on email at returntothehellmouth at gmail.com. We'll be sure to read your comments on the show. Be sure to rate our show at iTunes and Stitcher, and check out our show merchandise on TeePublic and Redbubble. See you on Tuesday for Go Fish. Grr. Arg.